You're listening to the Ghost Goal Podcast. Gerard with space. Tick towards Barosh. He's beat Tick through it. The goalkeeper made contact. Luis Garcia was in front of the line. Gallas hooked it away. set for a very big weekend in the Premier League as the second edition of the Ghost Goal Bowl will be kicking off Saturday at 12.30pm as Chelsea will host Liverpool in the second meeting between those two teams this week. There's plenty of other games to preview though. I'm Alex, here with Javier. Andrew is uh, out sick, but we're going to hear from him a little bit later during the uh, Chelsea-Liverpool portion of this uh, episode. Javier, how you doing, man? Doing pretty well. Pretty excited for these games this weekend. It's not just in the Premier League. There's some good La Liga games, Serie A games. Definitely ready for... Uh, you say the Madrid Derby is this yeah, weekend? Yeah, the Madrid Derby. I mean, right after that slate of games from basically watching the Premier League from 7.30 to 2 o'clock, right at 2.45, there's Atletico Madrid, Real Madrid. That's a good, you know, solid uh, 10 hours of You're soccer gonna working? there. You're going to be working during that? Yeah, maybe. You know, probably <laughs> maybe I'll be sick. Maybe, Who knows? maybe I'll be late or sick or something. <laughs> but anyway, let's refocus on the Premier League starting Saturday, 7.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. West Ham will host Manchester United. It's uh, West Ham's second straight home fixture with a top six side. Last week, obviously, they uh, drew nil-nil with Chelsea. What are West Ham's hopes for either replicating that result or maybe even getting the full three points in this one? Well, I know that this doesn't count for much, but they just won 8 nothing today in the Carabao Cup. Against against Macclesfield. Yeah, that's, I mean, uh, against the bad side, but uh, it's still, put that, it's put still that side. slightly comforting, I'm sure, to them, and they might gain a little bit of confidence from that. Uh, and I think after, you know, that result against Chelsea, they'll, they'll probably be fancying themselves to get a uh, result against a United side that... Seems to be unraveled in controversy right now. Uh, there seems to do, be a lot. Do we want to address on. the Pogba? Oh, I think we have to address that. I mean, I think that was pretty big. Like, I mean, it was. Well, let's let's lay it out there real quick. Last week, or not last week, earlier this week on the recap pod, we mentioned the fact that Paul Pogba in his interview uh, after the one-one draw with Wolves mentioned that he thinks United need to attack more, and that it wasn't his decision that they, they didn't attack too much, and that it was basically implying that Mourinho isn't attacking enough, uh, or isn't instructing the Manchester United players to attack enough when they're at home. Mourinho came out uh, and uh, reportedly had a discussion with the whole team after that, saying that Paul Pogba would never be captain of Manchester United again. I think at the beginning of the season, he'd given him like the vice captain's armband. So whenever uh, Antonio Valencia is injured, Pogba would captain the side. But we're six or seven games into the into the season, and Pogba will never captain United again, according to Jose Mourinho. So since then, earlier this morning on Wednesday, there was a video that surfaced of United training where Pogba walked up and shook hands with all of the assistant managers and trainers, 
And Mourinho says something to him and he turns and gives Mourinho a look like, what the hell did you say to me? It's a great video. It's like it, the fact that you can't hear what anyone is saying in it just makes it so much better because you're just constantly thinking to yourself, oh, my God, what the hell is happening here? I know it's not good, but what the hell is happening here? So everyone's pointing to the third season syndrome for Mourinho that it's all coming unraveled here. And uh, Javier, you look to be uh, pretty convinced that United aren't going to get back on track with a win this week. Yeah, I mean, I had faith in them last week, and I thought that they were going to get the away win at Wolves and or, or the home win, home, home win at Wolves against Wolves, and I, they didn't even come close. I mean, Wolves deserve to win that game, so I think they're gonna they're gonna struggle against West Ham. You know, a rejuvenated West Ham side that they're they're gonna start trying to look to get results at home, and I think that. This United side are are struggling for goals right now. You know, their defense is leaky. They're making mistakes, and they're short on confidence. I mean, it, it seems like the, Mourinho maybe has lost the team a little bit. It seems like they don't really believe in his tactics and what he's saying. There was grumblings also today that a lot of the players are unhappy with his tactics, of the way that Mourinho's playing, um, and... You know, if that's true, then it's only a matter of time before Mourinho's out. Do you think Mourinho like deserves to be uh, out at Manchester United after like bringing them back to a certain level in the last couple of years? I don't think he deserves to be out because obviously we're only like six or seven games into the season, and you know you can point to them like not winning the title last year and maybe call that a failure. But I don't think there's any and no one else but City was winning the title last year, so that's kind of unfair. I just think it's a side effect of how Mourinho and defensive managers alike play. It's it, it, the same thing happened basically at Chelsea, obviously three or four years ago, where players became dissatisfied with not only the tactics, but how Mourinho was treating not only the players but the the trainers. There was the famous episode with the uh, the uh, the club doctor Ava Carnera that everyone was supposedly very upset about. Something similar seems to be happening at Manchester United, and it doesn't help that they don't play an attractive attacking style. But when when you're winning things and you're winning trophies and you're playing defensive, there's no issues. No one no one can say anything because it's obviously it's working. So why not? But now they they haven't won anything. They obviously had that Europa League and what was it like the the League Cup two years ago that they won. Since then, there's there's no trophies last year, and it, it doesn't look good this year. They obviously. We failed to mention they got knocked out of the Carabao Cup by Frank Lampard's uh, Derby side, uh, who went to Old Trafford and drew 2-2 and beat them in penalties. So things are not quite snowballing, but they're not going They're not going according to plan for Jose Mourinho so far. I don't want to say they right the ship. I just think United get a 2-1 win this week. And Andrew agrees with me. He has a 3-2 United. And if that's right, then I'm definitely waking up. <laughs> I mean, I'm waking up for this one regardless, but... Uh, if it's a 3-2 game to get us started at 7.30 in the morning on Saturday, uh, I'm all there for that. Any more thoughts on uh, United-West Ham? Are you ready to move on to, uh, to to your Gunners? No, I think we cover about mostly everything. All right, let's move on to, in my mind, the second best match of the weekend behind the uh, Chelsea-Liverpool match we'll cover later in the pod. Arsenal are going to host Watford Saturday, 10 a.m. Andrew has 2-1 Arsenal. I have a 2-2 draw. And Javier, you obviously, as the Arsenal fan of the pod, you seem a bit more confident in Arsenal's ability. Arsenal are playing a team uh, above them. The first time they've played a team, uh, I think, above them in the league since the since they played Chelsea. Yeah, it's time for that to change. Yeah, yeah. You, you, I, I think it's time. What, for that what to makes change. you think? What, what makes you so confident that Arsenal are definitely going to win? 
Well, because I, I I lean that way too. I, I know I picked I know I picked two two, but I, I think two two is kind of a a ballsy. Yeah, ball, I was gonna say to you should honest. just pick two nil Arsenal. That's more realistic than two two. I mean, two two okay. is not gonna happen. Make, your, make the case. I I think that right now the way that Arsenal is playing, you can tell that there's a really big difference the way they approach uh, these smaller teams, the way or so so called smaller teams. They're approaching them with a lot more detail and, and uh, care than we did under Wenger. Under Wenger, we just kind of had this like, oh, well, we're just going to outpass you and outplay you and it's going to be easy and we're going to run all over you and we'll go up one or two nil and, and you'll just roll over and die. And of course, that would never happen. We would go up one or two nil and they would always come back. Sometimes we'd lose, we'd draw. And I think under Emery, that changed. I think we're much more cautious now. Um, but I feel a lot more confident in Arsenal now when they get the lead. It seems like Emery has a better grasp of how to keep his players uh, mentally in the game and how to uh, keep a bit more of a defensive solidity when we're when once we get ahead. And I think it's been a little bit worrying that it, the first half of games hasn't been very good for us this year. But I think that's coincided with Torreira not playing games. Um, I think now that Torreira is in the fold to start games for us, it looks like we it looks like we were we're starting to do better um, in those early parts of the game, where it was, where we've been sluggish so far this year. So I think if we improve those first half results, yeah, I, I just think that we're we're slowly getting better and better. And I think a team like Watford um, are the exact type of victims that Emery has, um, you know, that he's made for. I think he's he's made for beating these types of teams. And I think it's the, it's going to be the big games where I really, where I think it's going to be the real test for Arsenal. You know, I think that with the resources Arsenal has, with the players we have, we should be beating these teams pretty comfortably. And um, obviously, but you could say that you could say that of any top six side, and even the likes of Chelsea can go away to West Ham and draw, and Man City can go away to Wolves and draw. You know, it's not it's not unheard of that it wouldn't be completely crazy to suggest uh, Watford get it. Like a yeah, but this is this, at especially home. with the way they're playing. This is at home, uh, though. Okay, Wolves went to United and got a one-one draw. I'm just sure United or Arsenal's quality could and probably but I think should Arsenal shine are through. Better than Manchester United right now. I think that Arsenal are with, and it's pretty crazy because Emery spent about you know a seventh of the money that Mourinho spent. Um, but I think that we're a little bit further along, at least right now, as a squad than Manchester United are. And I think that we have potential to do better than them this season. I think we'll, we have better chances mm. to get a trophy and we could finish above them in the league. So I think Arsenal's ceiling still much higher than what it is now. I think the players are fitting into the system. Um, I think Aubameyang and Lacazette still have a lot to work out together. Um it's not always fluid when they're playing together, and it seems like Ozil's just starting to learn how to feed them properly. But I think once all that starts clicking, I think you're you're going to see a really really dangerous Arsenal side who, especially on the counter attack, I think we, we're developing a new lethality where we can sit back and play on the counter attack, kind of like how Liverpool play, similar style to them, and it's it's nothing like we played under Wenger, which is why I think it's like. You have to kind of take a look, a new look at Arsenal now, uh, a fresh outlook on them. You can't just keep thinking it's the same old Arsenal. They're going to collapse. I mean, we could. It might happen, but it's, okay. Well, that's the crux of my entire uh, argument that Watford are going to get a result this weekend. Is that while Arsenal are still transitioning into uh, Emery's vision, 
I think they're very much still in transition. There's still there's still a a soft underbelly to Arsenal. Oh, definitely. And you've seen it in the mistakes that uh, yeah, Mustafi, Mustafi Mo- Xhaka, has made. Yes. Bellerin. Bellerin. I don't, those three. I don't care yeah. what Emery does to Bellerin. He just seems hell-bent on getting forward, which is an asset in and of itself. But against Watford, they're, I think they're going to make you guys pay at least once or twice. If you guys score three or four and, uh, and manage to open up Watford, Watford's defense that many times, good for you. You deserve to win the game. But Watford are fully capable of getting two themselves. And the, the main stat I'm going to actually reference for why I think Watford can do that is they lead the league in open play turnovers forced in the opposition half this season. They have 99 in the Premier League. The next closest behind them is Man City and Tottenham with 84 and Chelsea behind them with 78. It's impressive. So Watford have been very impressive in not only sitting deep in their low block like we saw them do to Tottenham, but getting up the field and harassing and harrying uh, opponents further up the field and winning the ball back. Arsenal are very much still a work in progress when it comes to bringing the ball out from the back. that's Everyone has pointed to Peter Cech's deficiencies. We don't know if he's going to continue. I'm guessing he'll, he'll continue, continue, right? Yeah, he played great yeah. last week. Yeah, he was excellent against Everton. I'll give him that. But there is that one glaring weakness still that I think Watford can take advantage of. And one more time, our score predictions are Andrew has 2-1 Arsenal, I have 2-2, and Javier has 3-1. So let's uh, move on to the next of the 10 a.m. games on Saturday. Everton are going to host Fulham. Andrew has 2-2. I have 3-1 Everton. And uh, Javier, what do you have? 2-1 Everton. I think Richarlison at home. Probably bound to get a goal in this game. Should I captain him? I thought about it. I thought about captaining him. Yeah. I'm, I'm that's, in between him and then, you know, Aguero at home to Brighton. Go with that. That's <laughs> what I'm probably going like, to go with. That, that could be like a random Aguero four-goal game. Speaking of Aguero, let's, for continuity's sake, uh, move on to Manchester City hosting Brighton Saturday at 10 a.m. Andrew has 4-1. I have 3-1 Manchester City. And Javier has 3-0. We all think Man City will uh, win relatively big against Brighton at home. This Brighton team, I feel like we all we all like them, but why don't we feel confident about them getting maybe like, maybe losing like 2-1 or something like oh or like 2-0 something like that why, why i'm trying to figure out like why do we think that man city are just sort of going to brush them aside um i think that city are reaching a a kind of ramping up right now they're in this phase where players like sané and mares who weren't really a factor in the first 6 or 7 games of the season are starting to become a factor so i think when you have like four or five uh players sterling aguero mares bernardo silva Sané, Jesus, all of them are scoring goals right now. I think it's going to be just incredibly difficult for anybody to keep out all six of those threats over 90 minutes, you know? if Especially at the Etihad. Yeah, if you keep out, uh, you know, if they maybe score one goal on you in the first 60 minutes, great. They're going to bring on Mares. They're going to bring on, uh, you know, Asane. Or, it all depends who yeah. they start with, obviously. But it, it's just, it's just whoever they bring on. It's it's it's. I feel like at home at the Etihad, it's almost impossible to to stop them from scoring again, and that's just going to snowball. And I like if this was at, at at the AMX Stadium, then I'd give Brighton, you know, uh, a a, ho- a sniff of maybe getting a result here. But away from home, I mean, Brighton Brighton were pretty bad last year away from home as well. So I don't expect anything from them here. I have I have three nil Manchester City. Tottenham will travel to the John Smith Stadium 
Saturday at 10 a.m. to face Huddersfield. We actually give Huddersfield a little bit of a chance here, at least by reading our score predictions. Andrew has 1-0 Tottenham. I have 2-0 Tottenham. And you have 3-0. And I know none of us have picked uh, Huddersfield to even score against Tottenham, but a 1-0 or 2-0 loss for, for Huddersfield, honestly, with how their season is shaping up, I think they would just be happy with not getting a huge hit to their goal difference. So uh, even at home, we don't really. None of us seem to really uh, give Huddersfield a chance, even with Tottenham's relatively poor form uh, recently. Obviously, they got the two-one win away from home at Brighton uh, last weekend, and then today I believe they drew with Watford two-two, and then won on penalties in the Carabao Cup. So there's, uh, it's fair to say they're still not out of their slide yet. What makes you think they're going to have such an emphatic three-nil uh, victory? I just think that Tottenham are going to figure it out sooner rather than later. And I think that uh, at the weekend I saw I was watching a little bit of that Tottenham game and, um, you know, they did they did pretty well against Brighton away. Brighton got that goal in the last uh, second or in the last minute of the game to make it look kind of close. But it was really a comfortable way for Tottenham. And um, I think Harry Kane, I, I almost I almost brought in Harry Kane this game because I really think that. He might get a goal or two in this game, and I think having Son fully back integrated in the team a couple weeks now, he might start this game. And I think a front three of um, Son, Lucas Mora, and uh, Harry Kane will be really difficult for this Huddersfield side to to handle. Well, there's there's questions now in terms of the the lineup choices for Pochettino because for the last I want to say two weeks, Deli Alley's been out missing with a with an injury. He just came back and scored today against Watford. We don't know if that's they're going to use that as sort of like a warm-up game for him for this weekend or whether they're going to save him for the uh, Champions League next week. So uh, th- there are some questions still. But yeah, a front three of Son, Kane, Mora looks very nice on paper and practically should do well. I, I'm picking Tottenham, not because I believe in them to go and emphatically beat a bad team away from home. I'm picking 2-0 because I, I don't really give Huddersfield any chance, even at home, of uh, of scoring on Tottenham right now. Even with, uh, what's the name of the keeper they've been playing? They've been playing their third-choice keeper because they lost faith in uh, Vorm since Loris went out. Yeah, I don't, uh, I don't know Gaz- his name. Gazanigia or something like that? Yeah, God, it's, it's a uh, like, oh, something like that. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's Gazanigia. Gazanigia? Uh, yeah, it's just it's a very risky last name for uh, for someone to say. <laughs> I'm waiting for the day where some we'll com- the commentator says it, and people who aren't familiar with soccer just hear them say and hear the end of that guy's name and just go, "What the hell did he just say on live television?" But uh, yeah, so to recap our picks for that, Andrew has one nil Tottenham. I have two nil Tottenham, and Javier has three nil Tottenham away from home at Huddersfield. Let's move on to the rest of our 10 a.m. games. Just do some picks real quick. Newcastle hosting Leicester at 10 a.m. Andrew has 1-0 Leicester away from home. I have a 1-1 draw, and Javier has 2-1 Leicester City. Wolves will host Southampton in the final game of the 10 a.m. slate. Andrew has 2-0 Wolves. I have 2-1 Wolves. And Javier with a 1-1. A little belief in Southampton away from home. Uh it's weird to think that Southampton are kind of like underdogs yeah, in this game. I was thinking that like maybe a one nil win for South or for Wolves, but I yeah I think Southampton are just they're just a little bit better than everyone thinks this year, and um, I think this would be the type of result that they could get. 
All right, let's move on to the big matchup of the weekend. No, uh, no controversy about this one, Javier. Whereas uh, last, the last time, what was it? Tottenham Liverpool. You were, yeah, uh, yeah. I'll allow it this time. The, the, some yeah, of these teams have trophies. Yeah, yeah in the last like, twenty the, years. Uh, yeah, it's part two of the Ghost Goal Bowl. Uh, earlier today, Chelsea obviously beat Liverpool two one in the Carabao Cup. It was a, as much of a shock to me as I'm sure it was to uh, you. Really rushed to saying that. If you had lost, you well, wouldn't have even mentioned it. No, we would have mentioned it. We would have just been like, oh, I don't care about the Carabao Cup. But now you're like, oh, but the anyway. Carabao Cup is massive. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, uh, such a big match uh, demands that Andrew uh, return to the pod very briefly. Andrew, how you doing, man? Not great. Between both the loss and a uh, little, uh, little infection in my leg, uh, it's not been a great day. But there were a couple bright spots in today's match that I want to point out. I went on a long Twitter rant about this earlier today. You can follow me on Twitter at Andrew Passaro. I think this might have been the best Daniel Sturridge match we've seen under Klopp probably since they went to the Europa League final in, was it 2016, I want to say? He, you want to go with the best? Yeah. He, he did miss a couple of glaring chances okay. I know he, had, yeah, he had that one he had chance where it was an open goal and he just put it wide i get that i get that and i'm not talking about goal scoring here i'm talking about this is the first time he's looked fluid in that front three in klopp's high pressing side like he, that, that's that's fair he has never fit in well to the offense and today honestly he looked like he belonged for the first time um he was dropping into space he was passing the ball well he was creating chances. Obviously, he wasn't clinical enough. And, I, I mean, I tweeted this earlier. Like, you cannot miss your, your chances against a club like Chelsea. It's just if you don't if you don't capitalize on those chances, you don't win the game. And it's just it's just a factoid. And I could chalk that up to a lack of game time or whatever, but it is what it is. Uh, Alberto Marino is a trash soccer player and should not be paid to play professional soccer. Um, I mean, there's there's a reason that Liverpool conceded two goals in this game, which is the same amount that what they've conceded in the entire Premier League against Chelsea. And that's what happens when you switch to a back five of Klein, Lovren, Matip and Moreno like, oh, and Mignolet. So it, it, I want to say it's the first goals you guys. Oh, wait, no, that's a lie. I was going to say it's the first goals you guys have conceded since last uh, last season's Champions League, but PSG scored a couple PSG scored uh, a, couple. a few weeks ago. Yeah, obviously we're not going to see any of the players from the back line that played today in the Carabao Cup. Uh, well, possibly Matip. Possibly Matip. Uh, Is Gomez or Van Dijk still? Uh, they're still up in the air on what's up with Van Dijk's injury. I know it was Bruce. I Ribs. would bet my house that Van Dijk is on that field on Saturday. Uh, I, I haven't mentioned yet uh, the timing of the match yet. This uh, Chelsea Liverpool is going to be at Stamford Bridge Saturday at twelve thirty p.m. Score predictions. Let's dip our toes in there real quick. Uh, what have we got for score predictions and why, Andrew? I'm going three one Liverpool. I think they're going to. Oh, that's. I'm offended. Okay. <laughs> I, I think Chelsea made a bunch of mistakes with that back line themselves today. And I still think that, you know, fine, we only played Sadio Mane and Firmino came on for like the last 30 minutes and Salah came on for the last five minutes. I think our midfield is going to go toe to toe with yours and do pretty well. Um, and I think we're going to capitalize on our chances. I think Salah will play well against Chelsea like he's done every time he's played against Chelsea. And I think Klopp is just. That's not true. Last season, second uh, second game, you guys lost one 0 at the bridge. Rudiger shut him down. That's fine. Okay, that's fair. That game. I he mean, did. but that was mainly that was mainly because you guys had the Champions League semifinal in Roma or in Rome, maybe like three days before. So that was a pretty big reason for that. Yeah, they don't have that this time. Uh, I think 
I think Klopp's going to look at this loss and basically say to his like he rested a lot of key players um, in this game, and I still I still expect them to go out and um, honestly boss boss Chelsea around the pitch a little bit. And I know like I'm worried about Eden Hazard, but I, you guys weren't really doing much offensively until Hazard came on. Obviously, he'll place 90 minutes on on Saturday, but. Other than that, uh, I mean, we were the well, better sir, team Ingo, in the first Ingo half. Ingolo Conte wasn't on the pitch until like the 65th or 70th minute. So like, and Jorginho Wijnaldum wasn't out there at all today. It's right. Fine. So like, I mean, that's what I'm saying. I mean, I think that basing anything off of what happened today, we should go. We should go off of like the the, the Premier League game so far this season. And I would say, obviously, Liverpool has yeah, an edge, definitely. Like in that because they haven't lost, they haven't dropped a point, and Chelsea. I mean, they definitely could have dropped points against Arsenal at home. And, I mean, you guys have looked slightly shakier the last couple games. Slightly. So we want to go with? Okay. I mean, I have a 2-2 draw. I think – I don't think Liverpool are just going to come in there and blow you guys out like Andrew has two goals um, at Stamford Bridge. That'd be – I mean, I think one of those would be a garbage time goal. But still, like, I, I think they're going to kill the game off in the end. Yeah, but if you guys don't have like if you guys don't have Van Dyke, I mean they're definitely gonna score a couple goals on you. You're assuming that you have your full back line, right? I'm assuming I'm assuming it's gonna be Matip, uh, uh, Matip, and Gomez with uh, Trent Alexander Arnold and Andy Robertson with Allison in net. That's what I'm expecting. I'd be oh I'd be thrilled. That's two or three goals for us. I'd be <laughs> thrilled. I mean I don't know about that. It, Gomez has been a fantastic defender this year. With, yeah, with no Van Dyke, Gomez has been really good. Surprisingly, no, I like I like Gomez a lot too. But without Van Dyke, I'm I'm sorry, we're scoring two or three goals. Definitely, I th- I, I think we're going to score uh, twice. Who's going to anyway, do it? Alvaro Morata? No, Eden Hazard. Um, mostly Eden Hazard. Maybe Marcus Alonso. Uh, maybe a set piece, something like that. Uh, I I think just the when you look at this match, the, the both teams at full strength going up against each other. Liverpool, obviously, everyone talks about how they like to press teams and how they like to press teams so they have to force the ball out wide. And from there, Liverpool try and use the sideline as like another defender and try and like box players in out wide so they have barely any options to pass to. Chelsea aren't really looking to do that. We're looking to play the ball through the middle very quickly. And from, okay, I'm going to go back to today just for like a second. We had Cesc Fabregas playing in the Jorginho position. And you guys didn't really look like focused or you didn't look like you cared about trying to shut him down. Now, the whole the whole game is going to be one lost with whether Liverpool on Saturday can shut down Jorginho, whether they can get bodies on him and keep him from getting the ball and obviously keeping our possession ticking. Because I think it's going to go the complete opposite way. I think it's going to be us in possession for the vast majority of the game and you guys looking to counter with Salah and Mane. And that could be that's probably the best way or the way I would want Liverpool to approach the game if I was a Liverpool fan. Because we've seen West Ham last week create great chances off the counter, and we're not really good enough defensively to really stop that yet. So, I mean, I could definitely see a universe where Liverpool win like 2 1 or uh, something off the counter like that. But I think we're going to be the ones with the ball playing like the, the more aggressive of the two. I mean, that, that doesn't change the fact that we could still easily score three goals and three counterattacks. You could. Um, I don't think you will away from home. If it, this was at Anfield, I would definitely, I would definitely say you guys are probably scoring two or three, or definitely scoring two or three, and we would have to try and keep pace. But I think through our possession, we're going to try and limit your opportunities uh, a little bit more. Now, whether 
whether Salah is able to break out of, I don't want to say a funk that he's had to start the year, but he's definitely not been like at his best. He's there's had, there's been a few chances that you've just seen him just whiff on and, and not take. He's, he's going to have to take the majority of whatever chances we offer him because I don't, I don't think he's going to be getting three, four, five chances to score in this game. He's going to get one or two good ones and he's going to have to take at least one of them. I wouldn't be shocked if Shakiri ended up in the uh, in the starting lineup, he's really impressed over the last couple games. I don't know if they kind of go for that same thing they did against the South pressing. Hampton. The pressing doesn't; it, it's not as good with him in there. I don't want to say he's he's a negative, but he's I think he's far better weapon for when you guys are playing lesser opposition. So, just to round up the scores, Andrew has three one Liverpool. I have two one Chelsea, and Javier has two two Chelsea. I think the the two two result. Andrew, if I offered you that right now, would you take it? Yeah, I'd probably take it. Because uh, I would take it, too. Yeah, based on... <laughs> I would be like, yeah, sure, let's get out of here with a point and move on. I mean, who, City's playing Brighton. They're probably going to wax them. I, I wouldn't be upset about a 2-2 draw, but the way that they played on the road at Tottenham and the way that they played against PSG, like, they've done well in big games this year. Obviously not today, but, I mean, it's a different 11. I'm just expecting big things, and I think... I don't know, I just I just have a, I have a gut feeling that they're going to be able to... Do very do a lot with very little. I feel like if you guys go and you beat Chelsea away, you guys are definitely serious serious title contenders. I mean, I think you already like you know you, you've already kind of established that. But like, if you go and do that, then we're like, all right, this this could be Liverpool's year. You know, if you're if it's you're going and winning timing. Chelsea away, then I'll I'll start to believe that maybe it's Liverpool's year this year. I mean, it's similar timing to the uh, to the Man City result. Uh, at Chelsea last year, they kind of like right. they were obviously already at the top of the table, right. but they went to Stamford Bridge. They beat us one nil, and that was when everyone sort of set up and went, "Oh wow, they went to Stamford Bridge and won!" Like that, that's that's a real marker, like you said. I mean, this is a big stretch for Liverpool. They got Chelsea on Saturday, Napoli in the midweek for uh, Champions League, and they tr- and then they host Manchester City uh, on the uh, on the seventh of October on Sunday. So uh, yes, yeah. you guys got a hard tough schedule coming up. I mean, we'll beat City at home. That's what we do. <laughs> oh man, what if he just goes loss, loss? We're gonna, we're gonna. There's gonna be some fun times on the Ghost Goal podcast if that happens. Yeah, it's okay, Javier. Get into the top four and then come talk to me. Hey, I, we're close. Okay, we're one yeah, point you're close off right now. You're beating Newcastle of all teams, and you're beating garbage football teams. We're but okay. Everton. Everton is an absolute trash team. And you There's know, no absolute get out of here. They're pretty good this they're year. Mid table, get out of here. <laughs> okay, they're, okay. You do not use pretty good about a mid table team. They're average at best. Okay, I'd say they're above the average of the Premier League. But Andrew, thanks for jumping on. Hope you feel better, man. Uh, we're gonna go and preview the rest of the games. Thanks All right, again, guys. Man. Have fun. Moving on to our incredibly underwhelming slate of Sunday. Yeah, fixtures. they really messed up on that. They should have put at least one <laughs> yeah. good team I think on Sunday. I think it's because of Champions League. Uh, I really think it's because of the Champions League. Oh, and maybe, yeah. They don't want any teams playing, playing Saturday. Sunday and then Tuesday. Right. Uh, so, yeah, I, I have yet to really look at when the games are being played in midweek uh, next week for the Champions League, like who's playing on Tuesday and who's playing on Wednesday. But I'm guessing they just put all the big teams on Saturday so they'd be well enough rested to play in the Champions League uh, in the following midweek. But... Sunday will start at 11 a.m. Oh, there's only one game Sunday. I messed up. <laughs> it's Cardiff hosting Burnley Sunday at 11 a.m. Yeah, don't probably don't watch that. Maybe there's probably better <laughs> games on in other leagues. I'm shocked none of us went for the nil nil. I I think it's because I, I I think Cardiff are are 
that also, bad. Burnley won 4 0 last game. So it's like, I, I think. That was at home. That was at home, though. They're, uh, they don't usually do that. Like, I can't remember the last time Burnley scored four goals on anyone, you know? So I, I personally am not willing to uh, predict that again anytime soon. I have 1 1, uh, which I'm sure Cardiff would be. Yeah, I have 1 0 Burnley. Andrew's got. And uh, Andrew, Andrew's got 2 0 Burnley. Uh, and then this week we'll wrap up Monday night or Monday afternoon here in the States. Bournemouth hosting Crystal Palace. Why not just throw this one on Sunday? Yeah, I'm, I'm annoyed that my family have to wait till Monday for my fantasy team to be like complete. Like that's kind of annoying. Yeah. It, it, it is pretty annoying. It's not even like uh, like a, a good game on Monday. It's an okay, I mean, it's an okay game. game. But it would have been better okay on game. on Sunday to to actually have a decent game on Sunday. Yeah, one of these, either from Saturday or from this Monday game, should have been moved to Sunday. But anyway, we have uh, Andrew has one one. I have two two. You have three two. Javier. Bournemouth over Crystal Palace at home. What makes you think Bournemouth bounced back so well at home? I know they. you just mentioned they lost 4-0 away at, uh, at Burnley last week. You have a lot of belief, belief in them this yeah, season. Yeah, I mean, at least at home. I think that they, like Burnley, are much better at home than they are away. And I think that they kind of got caught a little bit with their pants down. I think that it, it was a decently close game. Burnley got a couple goals you know, near the end of the game. With when Ashley Barnes came on, uh, I think four 0 flattered them a little bit, but yeah, I, I I just think Bournemouth they've been a little bit surprising to me this season and how good they've been, and you know obviously ignoring that four 0 result, uh, I think that they they get back on track here. Um, I just think they've been good at home and and they're going to continue to be good at home this season, so I think that's what's going to keep them you know. S- Fairly, you know, fairly safe and probably not get dragged into relegation trouble is their home form in, in games like this. I obviously didn't watch the nil-nil Crystal Palace played last week against uh, Newcastle, but from the 15 to 20 minute extended highlights of the game, the player that really stood out to me was uh, Max Meyer. And I, I think from his performance in that Newcastle game, you're, you're going to see him force his way into this Crystal Palace team. And he's going to be the bit of quality in midfield that they that they need to stop this game from being like Palace sitting deep and defending for 90 minutes away from home against a, a decent attacking Bournemouth side. They're going to need to get a foothold in the game with possession, and Max Meyer is going to be a big reason for that. So I, I have 2-2. Two, two. I think both teams would be completely fine with that. Bournemouth may be a little bit disappointed since it's at home, but uh, that, that has the potential to be a fun, high-scoring one like you uh, have with your 3-2 predi- prediction. All right, well, that wraps it up. For us here on the Ghost Skull Podcast, thanks again for listening. Thanks again to Andrew for uh, playing his flu game, his Michael Jordan flu game, coming in sick and uh, previewing the Chelsea-Liverpool game with us. Uh, can't wait for this weekend of games, Javier. Down to hang out, watch these games this weekend. Definitely, definitely. Let's, uh, let's get our, get, let's get right, our 7 we'll a.m. on. Yeah, maybe FaceTime Andrew in if he's up. He's, he's not, not he's waking saying, up. He won't be up. He's not waking up for that one. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, as usual, follow us on social media at Ghost Gold Pod. Andrew's Twitter is at Andrew Passaro. Mine is at ASMOS92. Javier is uh, still yet to get a Twitter. I know. Shocker. On Instagram, by all the same handles, Javier's is at JaviArev9. Make sure you go into iTunes, subscribe rate and review our podcast ratings and reviews help boost our visibility and help uh, new listener listeners find us so please go ahead and do that uh and until next time see ya